0: Hello, testing123. Hello, testing123. This is your old Zayd. Thank you again for listening to No Bullshit Stories with Zadie. I'm Jenny, his granddaughter, and in this episode, it tells the tale of a young 17 year old Zadie and his journey to San Diego to serve his country. Little did he know what the hell would happen. Enjoy! Hello there, this is your old Zaid again with another in the series of Zaid Speaks or whatever it is. Anyway, I'd like to talk to uh, you who have one day been admitted to the armed forces or any of the services. Everybody who went into the service has a story to tell. And I got a story I think that might be interesting to you. But it doesn't begin in the service. It begins at Mama's kitchen table. I say to Mom, Ma, I used to call her. Say, Ma, look, I'm 16 years old. Next month I'm going to be 17. And the war's gone on. And I got to help. So I got to help, but I can't go in the service until at 17 when until you sign the OK. She said, so? So I said so you got to sign the OK. She says, you really want to go? I said, yeah, I want to go. She says, which service do you want to go? I said, I want to go in the Navy. Well, the Navy's good. All right. I know people in the Navy. They're all safe and sound, so you can, I'll sign when you want to go. I said, tomorrow. My birthday, I'll be 17. I'm just out of high school. I'm 16 today. Tomorrow I'll be 17. Okay, we'll go tomorrow. So we do, which surprised me. But she was ready to go, and she knew that the war would be over soon. And I'd probably be safe and sound. So we get to the recruiting office and she said, Mr. Navy man, she says, I'm gonna sign here for my son on one condition. Yes, he says, What's that, ma'am? That he go to school. You got plenty of schools? Let him go to school first. So he said, Well, we can arrange that. What school would he like to go? Well, she said his father owned a drugstore for many years and he worked in the drugstore and he knew pharmacy and he should go to a pharmacy school. So he said, fine. He says, we have a what we call a core school and he can go there. I'll, she says, well, uh, don't tell me. She says, I want your name and, n- and number to sign right here before he goes. So he he kind of chuckled, and he said, all right, so he did, he signed it, and it's Core School, San Diego, California. She says, where? San Diego, California, oh my God, it's so far. Well, that's where the Core School is, so she says, all right, so she signed it. So a few days passes, my birthday goes by, I get a notification. I pack my bags and I'm on a train and I'm heading to San Diego, California at 17 years of age. So I get on the train and uh, it was an eight car train. And the train was filled with guys who were going to San Diego. And it was jammed. So I got there late, and I got the last car, or the caboose. So I'm in the caboose with about eight other guys who were not, who were lucky like me. <laughs> so I said, Boy, here I am in the caboose of this car heading to San Francisco. And I wonder how they feed us. They come back in trays and give you what you have for dinner and breakfast. and stuff. So I found out that night that, no, I had to walk through eight trains before I got to the meal. So I said, well, this does not too do good. So I get up to the kitchen uh, car, and there's nothing left but... A couple of loaves of bread. So I took a few. Lo- I took a few slices of bread. Disappointed, and walked back to my eight-car caboose. So I'm in the caboose, and I tell the guys. I said, "Well, we lucked out, didn't we? <laughs> All we have is bread to eat, and this is a seven-day trip across the northern country." Oh, yeah, so that's the way it was until the third day, and I said, to hell with this. I said, I'm going to try to get up there, and I'll help them out in the kitchen. (laughs) So I uh, walked through the aid cars. I said, do you guys need any help in the kitchen? So they said, yeah. They said, well, I'll hang around in here, and I'll uh, wait until uh, dinner is served, and we'll have. So anyway, to make a long story short, while we're on the train, we pass through Chicago, and the train stops. So the train stopped, and I'm in the kitchen, and the uh, chef, the head guy, goes to the frozen food section of the kitchen train, and cuts a slide of a side of beef. He cut it in half. The train stopped, a couple of guys pull up to the side. He says, "Uh, I got uh, 24 pounds here. They say, okay, 24 pounds, whatever the rate was. He gives them the money. He sells the the (laughs) meat to the guy in Chicago. I said, Jesus, that's where our money, that's that's where our dinners go. And the guy in the kitchen is making money on this. I said, "I This is a rip off. So they kicked me out of there because I saw what was going on. And I go back to the bottom of the, of the eight cars. And I say, Guys, I think we're screwed. <laughs> they just sold dinner. So anyway, uh, we come back and the trying to get some sleep and a couple of more slices of bread. And uh, I uh, said, uh, okay, a couple of slices of bread will do it. Where are we now? And the guy is walking through. He says, well, we're coming up now to, uh, uh, let's see, where was that? Uh, Perusich lived in... uh, I forget where they lived. But it was a northern town in northern America. And uh, the train stopped and one of the conductors of the train who sat in the caboose, most of the train, said, hey, they've been waiting here. The USO has got food in in apple baskets. They've been waiting since midnight to unload the food, and we're late. We're two hours late. It's two o'clock in the morning. So they said, uh, the train, I won't tell them to go ahead until you guys go out. I know you're hungry. Go out and get a couple of those buckets of food. So me and another guy get out, go to the USO, which is a short distance from the train, pick up the, uh, two buckets of food, and run back to the train. (laughs) And the train takes off with us in it, in the caboose, and we started to eat. Man, there was candy there, there was sandwiches, there was Coca-Cola, bottles of milk, and we took the rest of the trip uh, to San Diego. Oh boy, seven days on that thing, and I think I probably lost about three pounds, four pounds. Anyway, San Diego, sunny and bright. Beautiful feeling. Where do we go now? There's a big bus waiting for us. The bus takes us to Mare Island, California, which is uh, near San Diego. So we get in the bus, and they take us to... uh, Uh, Mare Island, California, and we go for our assignments. And they say, all right, Robin, uh, your assignment is the clap shack. I said, the what? He says, the clap shack. I said, what do you mean the clap shack? I never heard. What are you, guys got troubles with their hands? No, they've got gonorrhea and syphilis. I said, what? I said, I'm 17 years old, and you're sending me to the clap shack to take care of these guys? And they say, yes, that's your duty. Oh, God. All right, so anyway, we train, and then after training, we're assigned to the clap shack. Oh, so I go in the clap shack, and I don't know what I'm in for. And there are 10, it's a ward, and there are 10 beds on this side, the right side, on the port side, and there are 10 beds on the lee side. And there are guys in all these beds with syphilis or gonorrhea. Thank God, penicillin just came out. It was brand new then. And it came out, in powder form and what we had to do is shoot these guys every 4 hours with 10 cc's of liquid penicillin but we had to make up the liquid with sterile water so you do every 4 hours you'd sterilize the needles you'd fill the water with the penicillin stir it up And then you'd fill the vials of the injection tube with the uh, needles and go down 10, cross over 10, and then walk back up. So I did this for about a month or so, and man, I got to tell you, it was tiresome, and these same guys would return every week. They'd come in with the clap shack every time. So what we had to do when they came in, fill out a form. All right, your name is Harry James, and you went to downtown Vallejo. And what bar did you go in? I went into the silver bar. The silver bar, and who did you meet there? What was her name? Her name was Gloria. Gloria. Okay, did Gloria have any identifying marks on her? Yeah, she had a tattoo on her upper left hand call a uh, left hand shoulder it said I love you. So I said, okay, and you write that down. Now you got a form where he went, the silver bar, Gloria, I love you tattooed. Now what we had to do was to find Gloria. <laughs> And get her a penicillin shot or two. And we went down in a a Navy car, and I was chosen to go down there. I was a pretty good talker. We go into the silver bar, darkly lit, smelt from cigars, cigarettes, pot, whatever they had. Hey, Gloria here? Yeah, she's over there behind the counter. Hey, Gloria, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. No, you're not okay, Gloria. You've got the... Yeah, so uh, we said, Gloria, we got to give you a shot. She says, what for? I said, gonorrhea, you gave it to your buddy who was here the other Saturday night. So she says, okay, and that continued on and continued on and continued on. We would go downtown and do it. So that was it. That was my hospital service to the United States Navy, Coleman second class. So after shooting those guys day and night, night and day, weekend, weekend, I'd see those familiar faces, I got tired of it. So I decided at night, if I was on night duty, and they were sleeping, and I was awake trying to help these guys, I would fill up the penicillin vials, and I would shoot them, but I'd shoot them right through the blankets without even waking them up, and that's my contribution to them. ¶¶